Hobson's manager asked to meet up one morning and I thought, okay, well, I'm obviously going to get sacked. Um, you know, it's nice to, it's nice that he wants to meet up and do it in person, but of, yeah, he's, he's obviously going to sack me from MDing the band, which is fair enough because I had no idea what I was doing. But we met up and he was like, you know, really like the stuff that you've written with Quags. Have you ever thought about doing this, you know, focusing on writing? But yeah, he said, you know, if, if you're interested in focusing on that and pursuing it a bit more, um, I'd love to sort of help find sessions. And, and I was like, oh, okay, yeah, let's, uh, let's, let's do it, you know. Yeah, but it then just sort of gradually grew from from there, really. Hey, welcome back to the Keys Coach podcast. My name's Adam, and this is the podcast where I sit down with piano, keys and synth players and talk about their life in music. Today, we're chatting with keys player and songwriter George Moore. He's a fantastic example of someone who started off on piano as an MD for various artists, but then transitioned into songwriting. And he now writes songs with artists like Stormzy, Yeba, Sugar Babes, Bren Joy, Cat Burns, the list just goes on. This conversation is full of so much great advice for anyone looking to move into the more songwriting and production side of things in the music industry. And in this episode, you're gonna hear what it was like when George got the call from Stormzy to write a track on his latest album, why hanging out with an artist before a writing session ultimately leads to a better song, and why learning the drums is so useful as a keys player. Thanks once again to everyone who's been in touch about the podcast. It's so great to hear that you're enjoying these episodes. If you're getting a lot out of these conversations, please do give the podcast a rating or a review. This really helps other people to discover the podcast and join this community. Okay, here we go. Here is the conversation I had with the amazing George Moore. George, thanks so much for coming on the podcast. Um, how are you doing? I'm good, thanks. Yeah, no, thanks a lot for having me. It's the first time I've done anything like this. So um, yeah, I'm excited to, excited to be here. I'm excited as well. It's going to be great to have a little chat about all things keys, piano, songwriting, and hear a bit. It's been like a little while since we've caught up properly. So, and I've been checking out like your Instagram and different things. And I've been following you for a little while and... Um, I just thought, oh man, I got to get you on to chat about all these cool things you're doing. So yeah, whereabouts are you at the moment? You look like you're in. I mean, for the this is audio for the listeners, but um, it looks like you're in some kind of studio somewhere. So is, it, is this your studio you work out of? Yes, yeah, so this is my studio, relatively new studio actually. Um, that um, yeah, I, I was in another studio for about four years or so, and then last summer I was just kind of ready for change you know I think sometimes when you've been in a place for too long you know it's just like okay I just need to walk into a different room you know so so I moved out of there and I I knew I was going to also be like away traveling and doing some different bits and bobs for a few months so I moved out of there and I thought I'd just wait until the right kind of next place came along and then uh yeah kind of stumbled across this like I answered a random um advert on Gumtree and then kind of forgot all about it and then about a month later I got a message back and it turned out it was actually a, a friend of mine who I hadn't seen for probably about as long as I haven't seen you, um, who was like building out some new rooms um, in Hackney, so around kind of London fields. And uh, yeah, so I went and had a look and uh, that was kind of at the start of this year and it hadn't quite been finished at that point. It was probably about April, I think, when I, when I got in here. And it's still kind of a work in progress. There's still things I want to do, but it's kind of up and running now, which is, which is oh, great. Amazing. So that's presumably completely separate from like where you live. So how, how do you find... Uh, having a separate space to work does it make it like a big difference to your workflow yeah it's, it's kind of essential I would say like certainly at the moment I mean I kind of got you know maybe like a longer term sort of dream to move um maybe like a bit out of London or right. even even abroad somewhere and 
and have a bit more space and maybe have a home studio and have people come and work there. But for the moment, I mean, you know how it is in, in London, sort of, you know, like no one's got a lot of space. And so um, just, I mean, apart from anything else, just the amount of noise that I need to make a lot of the time, yeah, of like my neighbours would not be uh, particularly happy. happy about that, you know. So from from that point of view alone, it's kind of essential to have a um, a studio space to work in but I think it's also really nice just to have a kind of separation you know yeah, between between 100%. the two as well I think it's good to like just go somewhere and be like okay I'm here to to work and you know there's not too many distractions here compared to how it might be at home and stuff so yeah no so it's definitely a really good thing to have I've got um builders I'm not actually at my flat at the moment but I've got I've got builders outside my flat at the moment they're scaffolding up so it's a um it's a great time to start a podcast yeah. <laughs> <laughs> where you're just like constant drilling um but no it does make it does make a big difference having a separate space to work I find that particularly just in, like you say in terms of separation as well making that difference between right now I'm just relaxing at home and now I'm working and I think I think that thing about going to work as well can really help focus you as well yeah, absolutely, you know, absolutely. Super yeah. important. Let's chat about the piano because you're obviously, I know you do so many things and you're, you you were telling me earlier that you, you mainly write now and do all these kind of like more production-based based work. But it'll be interesting just to go right back to your roots because presumably all of this spawned through your journey with the piano. The piano presumably is your main instrument, right, that you play? I mean, it, it definitely is now. Actually, growing up, I kind of played more drums initially. Oh, interesting. Or at least it was a bit more formal. Like I had more drum lessons whereas piano um I mean my my dad is um not like a professional musician but he plays a few different instruments and yeah. we had an upright piano at home you know so there are pictures of me when I'm very small kind of sat on his lap at the piano and you know amazing and, yeah and then uh so yeah he kind of started me off on piano but it was always a little bit more kind of haphazard I'd say how I learned piano and and a lot of um uh kind of teaching myself to an extent as well um right. a lot of just uh you know getting my dad's cds uh and uh, just trying to sort of learn songs that i that i liked off of those you know like sort of stevie wonder songs and the beatles and yeah. you know james taylor and all the sort of classic kind of songwriter kind of stuff basically um that was how i started out i guess yeah really interesting when people say they teach themselves because I think that can look like different things to a lot a lot of different people you know it's, uh, what when you say did you did you have any lessons at all or were you pretty much just like how did you learn the notes on the piano for example how did you like something as simple as that I guess something as simple as that was probably my dad initially right um and then I guess the first piano lessons I had I was probably about eight or nine um and yeah, went to this guy and, you know, I'd sort of learned a few little bits and bobs, as I say, and so I played into him and he was like, well, this is, this is great, but have you ever done any like scales or, you know? Yeah. And I kind of hadn't. And he was like, well, you should definitely think about starting to do a little bit of that just to try and get some kind of technique together, you know? Um, but it was always from a sort of, uh, you know, non-classical perspective, I would right. say, you know, it was always, um, yeah, sort of, jazz or you know pop in the broadest sense you know yeah songs you know um which was great because I never I was never particularly drawn to playing classical music um and you know we didn't really listen to a lot of classical music at home and so much of what I did and what I enjoyed about playing the piano was sort of using my ear as opposed to taking things off 
the page, you know. Um, and that was something else that um, that first piano teacher introduced me to really sort of was was trying to read music, you know. Right. And and so I, I sort of, you know, I, I had a crack at it and I didn't hate it, but it was just never as immediate or as fun as yeah. listening to something and figuring it out, you know. It just always felt like Join a little club, bit yeah. hard. Right, okay, yeah. Um, so, I mean, you know, reading is something that I've kind of had to grapple with at different points um, over my whole sort of musical, you know, life, but it's never been my preferred way to do anything. Just jumping right to now, which we will obviously go back, but do you ever have a situation in your professional life now with your writing sessions or your production where you have to be able to read music? Is is that something that ever crops up or is that something that was perhaps maybe from a previous sort of previous life maybe? Yeah, no, it's, it's, yeah, I basically never have to read music now. Occasionally I'll still write music out for people because, um, I mean, I love doing like orchestration and occasionally an opportunity crops up to do some yeah. of that. And I mean, Strings I or something love... or that kind of thing. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and so whenever something like that crops up, um, yeah, obviously it involves working with some notation, but yeah, writing it out is kind of one thing, you know, I can kind of deal with that. That's, that's sort of fine, but yeah, reading it for some reason is just in real, the real time thing. Yeah. Yeah. Especially sight reading. Yeah. 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 You know, yeah, it's, it's not something I've ever really, um, got any good at even, even when I was doing like the most reading I was doing, it always felt like a uphill struggle. Oh man, yeah, same, same with me, totally. That's so, that's so my, my word. How did you find um, learning drums? And did, have you found that that's in, like impacted your piano playing in any way? Like starting off with grooves and and like patterns and feel and those kind of things. Yeah, I, I mean, there's there's definitely some some overlap, I would say. And I mean, just from practicing drums to a, to a metronome, you know, which obviously a lot of drum practice um, sort of tends to be to metronome. I guess I think that definitely helped my sort of time at, at one point um right. so yeah and yeah i'm sure there's i'm sure there's other overlaps you know that i can't necessarily um you know articulate but you know piano is kind of a percussion instrument isn't it at, at the end of the day you yeah. know so so yeah i'm sure i'm sure they definitely feed in to each other for sure do you ever play any drums now or is it most mostly piano do you ever like get behind a kit have you got a kit in your studio so i do have a small kit yeah and it's the first time that i've had that in a studio yeah um so it's quite exciting to have that opportunity because you know so often in writing sessions i've you know you know you end up kind of get, you know getting like breaks or samples and you're sort of chopping things up and you know and sometimes it can just not feel very intuitive or just yeah. straightforward and so often i think if i could just sit at some drums now um, it would be so much easier than faffing about like I'm doing. I mean, not, not that much easier sometimes, <laughs> but like, yeah. you know, generally speaking, it would be more fun. And also it'd be like a, your own unique thing, you know? So like when I was looking for this new studio, a, a really important thing was to be able to have the space to to do that, to have some drums in here and, yeah, and get back to it. So I'm looking forward to playing some more, you know, having not, I mean, even really since I like finished school, I've not played that much. It's like here and there, something's cropped up, but generally speaking, it's been sort of piano since then you know so it's gonna be fun to to revisit it i think yeah definitely that sounds cool yeah i've i've, I've sort of only, only ever played like a very small amount of drums but it's definitely something i want to do more of particularly just like you say like getting rid of all of the chords all of the harmony and literally just playing with a with a metronome and just 
thinking about feel and all of those things. I think it's so important. And like you say, the piano is a percussive instrument, so it does all lend itself so well. What was the next stage after that? So you were having these lessons, teaching yourself. Do you remember when you played with another musician for the first time, for example? Um, that Well, that probably would have been my dad, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Um, I have also have a younger brother and a younger sister who are both musicians as well. Both yeah, I know players. I know Flo. Oh, okay, cool. I've worked with Flo quite a lot and we've um, done a few gigs together. Yeah, she's great. Big oh, shout cool. out to Flo. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Hey, Flo. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, I guess it was probably with them, you know, like and my dad always used to do gigs when we were growing up, just, um, you know, sort of like on the weekends and stuff. And right. gradually we sort of started to kind of infiltrate um, those bands that he was playing with, yeah. and, you know, did some gigs on our own and that kind of thing. So yeah, I, I guess it was with with him. I happened to go to a primary school which actually had a little kind of jazz band, which I was playing drums in, but I guess that was another very sort of early formative, you know, experience of playing with people. And then um, that was kind of part of a bigger youth music education kind of system that was in the right. town where we grew up, which is called Aylesbury, which is about, a north, yeah. about an hour north of uh, of London. And um, there was a really, really great, um, yeah, youth music centre place there, um, which had a few kind of big bands for sort of different age ranges and, and abilities and stuff. And um, so we all went through that. And um, I mean, that was amazing. We were so fortunate to grow up there because, you know, yeah. you don't have that everywhere by any means especially these days you know but but even so then was that was, like a big band or something or yeah, yeah so there was there were like i think it was like three three or four different big bands and it you know there was the sort of the the main one if you like and then yeah and then like yeah sort of like a you know a, a junior one and so people tended to join the the younger sort of more beginner one first and then as you get better and a bit older and then you sort of go through the the ranks if you like um but it was an amazing thing because there were, you know, so many older kids within the bands who, you know, were there to really like look up to. Right. And right. then some of them, when they got to 18, started going to music colleges, um, you know, in London and, and other places. And so that was like, well, that sounds exciting. What's what's that? You know, because like there was sort of not really any sense as I was growing up of necessarily doing music professionally. You know, it was just something that was fun mm. and then yeah and then these kids started going to these 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 music colleges in london and stuff and i was like, oh what's that and and so i kind of started to hear about these places and how it's like oh yeah mm. you can go and study jazz and stuff and i was like oh that that sounds quite fun you know maybe i'd like to do that you know and so that's kind of what ended up happening yeah you went to the Guildhall, right and studied and studied there that's right yeah so that's um, like yeah. a four-year jazz degree basically for everyone listening isn't it yeah that's right yeah so i did that in 2005 started at the at the Guildhall yeah doing jazz piano which yeah as I say because I was playing drums and so even up until the age of about 16 I, I, I become aware of these music colleges right. that you could go to but wasn't 100% sure of whether I'd go and do drums or or, or you know or, or focus on piano and I just sort of decided in the end that I liked harmony too much yeah to play an instrument where you're not sort of directly engaging in that, that yeah you know yeah so um so i guess around about the age of 16 i thought yeah okay maybe piano is what i want to do so kind of started you know practicing a little bit harder and then and then yeah as you say i ended up um uh going to the guild hall which was i mean i had a lot of fun and met some amazing musicians and, and people who are you know some of my closest friends to to this day yeah. and and some 
you know, collaborators and stuff. So it was amazing for that. It was quite an intense experience as well. Yeah, it is, yeah. And, you know, I always loved making different types of music. I wasn't just a completely sort of one-track mind sort of jazz mm. head. You know, I was always very yeah, into and lots of music yeah. and, and, and liked playing lots of different music. So when these other doors started opening that were also fun and rewarding and I could actually pay mm, my rent yeah. and, you know, not have to worry about money so much. I guess it was kind of inevitable really that I was going to end up, you know, pursuing those other routes. So yeah, you, so you left the Guild Tour and what, how did that kind of look? You'd finished this really intense kind of degree and how did you begin to kind of make your way in that kind of world as a professional musician? So you were kind of gigging at this point and presumably you were playing with people that you'd met at the Guild Tour. So how, how did that kind of work? Yeah, that that was exactly it. So I guess yeah, when I finished, um, when I finished college, I was yeah doing gigs with some friends, you know, in their their projects that they were doing, and and doing a lot of functions, and you know, and uh, the thing is, I think I feel like you know, with music in general, if you're doing it as a career, the goalposts are always kind of slightly shifting, you know. So mm. when I started college, the idea of just making a living from playing music in any shape or form was like, oh, that'd be amazing, you know? And so kind of started to get gigs when I was at college. And then by the end of college, I was at a point where I could, could, you know, survive, like just doing, as I say, functions and a few other bits and bobs. Yeah. Um, and then got to that point and then I was kind of like, ah, oh, okay, so what do I do now? <laughs> you know, like what's the, what's the next step? Um, and I mean, the, I guess the next, like, thing that came along that really changed things for me was um I started working with a singer called Quabs um who's like an incredible kind of um vocalist and um I met him again through the same sort of scene you know friends and friends of friends and doing a few gigs and then he um basically got a record deal um with Atlantic Records which was you know a very exciting thing you know even even just to hear about from me you know that was like you know some of my favorite yeah, music of all time you know came out on came out Atlantic, Atlantic and yeah. stuff you know so I was like wow you know um and uh yeah and he asked me to play in his band which was great and then he started writing because he got signed without any music it was they basically just took him on the strength of his unbelievable voice that he had which is kind of unusual at the at well, at the time and and still now, I think. Um, but yeah, they they signed him, and so he started writing music because he obviously needed music to to release and and perform. And then so one day, I just sort of said to him, "Should we maybe try and write something sometime? Write some songs, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you know, just sort of see what happens, you know." And uh, and he was like, "Yeah, yeah, let's do it." So then we we so we met up and and had a go, and um, it sort of ended up going quite well. Uh, I think we sort of complemented each other fairly well in terms of what we, you know, wanted to focus on within the overall process of, of writing. And uh, yeah, and so then he kind of started performing some of the songs that we'd written on some of his like early gigs. Um, and then his manager got in touch. Um, actually, he, <laughs> he, so he said, oh yeah, can we meet up one morning? And, um, and by this point I was also like MDing Quabs's, band 
Yeah. So yeah, was, musical director. Yeah. So yeah, it's a musical director. Yeah. Um, for his his band, um, which was something that I'd not ever really done in a kind of official capacity, and was right. very much like learning on the job. Um, and so yeah, um, Corpse's manager asked to meet up one morning, and I thought, okay, well, I'm obviously going to get sacked. Um, you know, it's nice that it's nice that he wants to meet up and do it in person. But of, yeah, he's he's obviously going to sack me from MDing um, the band, which is fair enough because I had no idea what I was doing. And uh, and but we met up, and he was like, um, you know, really like the stuff that you've written with Quags. Have you ever thought about doing this? You know, focusing on writing, and and you know, I absolutely hadn't. Um, but yeah, he said, you know, if you're uh, if you're interested in kind of focusing on that and pursuing it a bit more, um, I'd love to sort of help you you know find sessions and and i was like oh okay yeah let's uh let's let's do it you know yeah. um it was a very slow burn initially um because um Quavs was touring so it's just like yeah a few kind of sessions here and there and um yeah but it then just sort of gradually grew from from there really that's mad. That's, 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 it's amazing how it does, how it works like that though, isn't it? It's just one little thing and then it snowballs and it begins to turn into something else. Had you, had you done any writing at that point? Was that literally the first time you'd written a song? Yeah. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Wow. Okay. I'd, I'd, I'd written some like instrumental music, like jazz kind of stuff prior to that and did a handful of gigs with that. But yeah, in terms of actual songs, I'd never, yeah, approached wow. that Fantastic. at all. But I definitely focused and still even now really focused on like the music side of the mm. process and kind of left the lyrics and yeah you know i guess the sort of initial melodic ideas to to quabs right you know um and so in that sense it was kind of like you know let's just try and find some chords that are yeah. kind of nice and interesting and 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 so i guess there is a certain amount of overlap in terms of like improvising in in the jazz you know world and coming up with something on the spot in a in a songwriting yeah. session. There are lots of parallels know. there, aren't there? Definitely, particularly. I mean, how are you lyrically? Do you work more lyrically now, or are you still very much focused on the the music side and tend to find that the artists you work with bring the like lyric element? Yeah, I, I generally don't get too involved in the lyrics. It depends who it is, um, but yeah, I think for the most part, I don't know how beneficial it necessarily would be, especially if I'm working with someone who's you know maybe like a lot younger than I am and right, from like a completely okay. different background. You yeah. know, sometimes it's like, I don't know really if this is going to be more authentic if I start trying to like have too much of a an input into the lyrics. What I do do sometimes is, you know, we'll get an initial idea together and then it might be like, well, this is all cool, but I feel like you're kind of saying this in the verse and then you're saying that in the, in the chorus. Right. So they don't totally match up. So like, what is it that you're trying to say overall you know, in the sort of yeah, bigger yeah, picture. Yeah. And then can we just slightly adjust one section or the other so that they're a bit more coherent? So I guess you're like zooming out a little bit more. You can kind of like edit it more in a way rather than come up with the content. Yeah. Yeah, that that's it. Yeah. Um, or sometimes it might be like, okay, this is a cool idea, but it doesn't necessarily like scan as well as it mm. could. Um, so can we just like maybe make that slightly different or, you know, that, those those sorts of things. Amazing. So you, you were working with Quabs and then what what was kind of like the next stage? Did you begin to do kind of writing sessions with other artists and bands? Obviously you knew Quabs and he was like a friend, but how did it feel going into a room full of people you hadn't met before and trying to write a song on the spot? 
scary at times for <laughs> sure yeah because you know i i was massively learning on the job right and you know the sort of the imposter syndrome was uh pretty severe yeah it's still there today it's better than it was but um certainly at the time you know i really had no idea what i was what i was doing so yeah it was a little bit intimidating at times but i kind of gradually came to realize that everyone kind of goes into sessions certainly when you're starting out with that same kind yeah. of insecurity and, you know, a sense of like, if it's going wrong, that's because you're not good, you know, whereas I kind of came to realise over time that it's, you know, it's it's a bit like kind of speed dating sometimes doing these initial writing sessions, you know, it's like you get in and there may or may not be a spark of a good idea or a kind of musical chemistry and if there isn't, that's not necessarily a reflection on you or or the artist or whoever else might be involved in the process. You know, sometimes it just yeah. it just doesn't work. You yeah. know, and that's and that's fine. Um, but it, yeah, it definitely took me a couple of years of coming out of sessions and beating myself up about it if it hadn't gone well. You know. Yeah. Um, that said, also, you know, you do learn along the way certain yeah. sort of techniques or you know just kind of ways to move the process along or things to maybe like not do or say or you know yeah that that do sort of tend to you know overall give you more positive outcomes than there were at the start you know but even then it's 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 still like completely in the lap of the gods sometimes when you get in you know because because mm. like songwriting ideas they're, they're so sort of just like little and fragile and they can so easily just you know, sort of come in the room and then just go out the room because one person said one thing that just slightly altered the trajectory of, of where yeah. you were going, you know? So, so yeah, it's still a case of just getting in there a lot of the time and you roll the dice and see what happens. And, you know, sometimes you roll a six and it'll be amazing. And sometimes you roll a one and that's just the nature of, of the work really. Amazing. I, I do a little clip um, of each episode <laughs> and uh, that is definitely what you just said there is the clip that is so good yeah, you, like sometimes you roll a six and sometimes you roll a one that's like such a good way of putting it man that's like that's so good because um, it does feel like that when you're writing sometimes doesn't it it's like you don't know whether it's going to be good but you have to sort of believe that it's going to be good if you if you feel like if you're if you're getting going and you suddenly feel like oh this isn't happening it can quite <laughs> you've got to somehow just find a way to keep on going because it might be that the idea is literally just about to happen that sparks off the next part of the process yeah and and sometimes an idea can feel great initially yeah and then prove to not actually be as good as you kind of hoped it was going to be from the outset or it kind of feels great initially and then it kind of slightly loses steam equally an idea can be like no i'm not, not sure about this initially yeah. and then by the end of the session it's like oh actually this was great and i just didn't quite appreciate that at the yeah. start but this is actually so really good. good and you know or it can be like it can feel great at the end of the day and then you come out the next day and you're like oh not sure or or again vice versa you know i've come to the end of sessions and like We've, you know, we've had a song and I've been like, yeah, this is, this is sort of okay. And then I'll send it out to, you know, my manager or whoever. And they'll come back saying, oh, this is really great. And I'm mm. like, oh, oh yeah, I guess, I guess maybe it is. Yeah. It has got something, you know. It's got, got some legs, you know. Yeah, yeah. that's it. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. That's great. Well, for everyone listening, it's like George has worked with so many different people. And it'd be cool just to hear a little bit about how some of these writing sessions work in terms of the actual practicalities of it. So do they often come to your studio? Do you go to them? How does that sort of work? So, I mean, that really varies. Um, a lot of the time people will come to my studio. Um, right. Even some of the more sort of high profile people are 
sort of happy to to do that um and i prefer that because i've got all my stuff here and yeah. just the sort of muscle memory of yeah you know just just making things happen is is much better you know mm. in in my own room than in, anywhere else um but sometimes people want to work in in other stu- like bigger studios um or like maybe they might do like a writing camp somewhere um and then you're just sort of packing up a little setup and and going there and just kind of figuring it out um when you get there you know and do you tend to start at, if you're working in your studio? Do you tend to start at the piano with the artist, or do you start on the, the DAW or whatever you're using or Ableton or whatever? Yeah, it 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 really depends. Um, it really varies. Uh, yeah, it just depends on the on the artist, um, and you know, just kind of what we want to do that day. Like sometimes people will come in with a, a reference track. Oh yeah, I love this. I love to make something like this, and. Um, you know, it might be really kind of production driven. Okay. So in that case, it'll be a case of, yeah, opening up, I work in Logic, you know, because I open up Logic and yeah, just trying to like flesh out something that, you know, even if it's not the finished article, just kind of gets the right gets sort of energy going. going, you know? Um, and sometimes it is really useful just to, um, I mean, even if you're starting on the piano, it can be really good to get a little bit of something going, um, you know, whether, whether it's some drums or mm. some sort of like atmosphere or something that just kind of puts the idea in a certain yeah, kind of like space. A, like, yeah, like a sonically, you know? yeah, like a, some kind yeah. of musical world. And I guess, do you find those things, like whether that's a drum groove or that's like a sound or a, like a pad, do you find those things help the artist to kind of generate more material because you're giving them something else to kind of like vibe off in a way? Yeah, absolutely, yeah. I, I mean, sometimes it just kind of makes it just makes the whole thing feel a bit more exciting, you know, mm. like if there's, even if I'm still playing some chords on the piano or, you know, on, on a synth or whatever it is, sometimes just having some sort of drums just, yeah, just kind of keeps the energy up and allows them to kind of bounce off of what's happening in a way that they wouldn't, they wouldn't otherwise do, you know, if it was just some piano chords or just a pad or whatever, yeah, you know, they, they might not um, find those same ideas you know so so if yeah if they've come in and they were oh yeah i want to do something up tempo having something that states that tempo is super important i think do you have any strategies for getting out of the uh kind of usual patterns you might go to so i often find this when i'm writing or i'm producing something quite a lot of people have like default things they'll just go to and sometimes it's about finding ways out of that so you generate something that does feel really new rather than like i'm just doing that thing i always start with or you might have several things that you always start with but do you have um do you have any strategies for that um i wouldn't say i have specific strategies for that i mean I think if I ever find myself just, yeah, just not particularly happy or inspired with like what I'm initially bringing to the session, then, you know, it'll be maybe a case of just just opening up Spotify and just, just like listening to some stuff and just, just finding some fresh kind of inspiration. Um, Okay. uh, But yeah, I I wouldn't say I have like a a real sort of like technique for overcoming that, you know, I mean, I, I tend to find that through a combination of, you know, whatever the artist is wanting to do, some things off Spotify or maybe something that I've heard elsewhere. You sort of tend to find something that feels like good. And and also, you know, I think, again, coming from the sort of jazz background, I think you can kind of find yourself thinking that, oh, this very basic chord sequence is too boring or too simple or it's been done yeah. a thousand times. But then, you know, then 
I'll listen to something that I love and it's a really conventional chord sequence. You know, yeah. it's just like one little kind of one little aspect of the music, isn't it? But I think as a, as piano players, you sometimes feel like it's, you know, the most mm. important thing, you know, what, what are the chords, <laughs> you know? And um, so that's something else that uh, I've kind of taught myself to be fine with. It's not necessarily rewriting the rule book every time with, yeah, with, yeah, the, yeah. with the harmony, you know? It's like sim being at a, being okay with simplifying your harmonic language. Yeah. Yeah, you're so right. As piano players, like we, yeah, I think you're so right. It's like, wow, I could add this and I could add this and I could add this. But actually sometimes it's like, no, what does that actually need? And and what can I, what is like, how could this be as lean as possible? That's it, that's it, you know? It, I mean, it's, it's such a massive part of what I, you know, got me excited about music in the first place was, you know, I don't know, yeah, like hearing like Stevie Wonder or whatever, like chucking yeah. in some like, I don't know, not to get too techy, but you know, like 13 flat nine or whatever, and be like, whoa, yeah. what's that? That's amazing. And then like trying to figure it out, you know, um, and then playing those at every opportunity, you know, it's like you, that's, that stuff is all amazing. And, and, and as, as I say, a big part of kind of what drew me to music in the first place, but I've, yeah, definitely mm. managed to sort of unlearn some of those tendencies to just kind of constantly add, you know, yeah, sevens and whatever else, you know. So for everyone listening, George has just written a new song that features on Stormzy's new album. And I think it would be amazing to just hear about how this song started to how it how it sort of went on to the album. So could you talk us through it? So how did how did Stormzy get in touch with you? How did Stormzy find out about you? So um, I was working with a, an artist called Debbie, um, who's a great singer, and she's signed to the same label as Stormzy, um, Def Jam. And we wrote a song and um, he, I mean, he's a, he's a massive fan of Debbie's as well. And so he heard the song and really liked it. And I think kind of wanted to know, you know, who else had been involved. And then I think my name came up and then I think him and um, some of the guys at his label, I think sort of realized that I'd worked on a couple of other things that he also really liked, including mm -hmm. a Quabs song, funnily enough. Um, yeah. And something with, a, with an artist called Yeba um, from the US. And so I think that was enough of a sort of, you know, critical mass or whatever for them to say, okay, well, let's, let's get, um, let's team up. yeah, let's, let's get everyone together and, and see what happens. And uh, yeah, so the three of us has got in and um, I mean, when it first came up, I was a bit like uncertain really about why I was being asked to do it because, you know, my kind of knowledge of Stormzy's music at the time, although there is definitely a kind of soulful gospel yeah. side to it, ultimately, you know, it's kind of like, I, you know, I think it, first and foremost, I think of like the grime side of what he does, course, which, you know, yeah. it's not my world at all. So I was a bit yeah. like, does he, what's he expecting from me? You know, why are we, yeah, <laughs> why are we yeah. getting in? It's a very different sounding album though, isn't it? Well, it, it? You is, know, it is. And so, yeah, it, it you know, it, it when we got in, um, uh, yeah, you know, we sort of just started chatting about what we were going to do. And he was basically like, I want to write like a classic sort of old school ballad. Um, nice. And I was like, oh, right. Okay, cool. Let's, let's, you know, what sort of things do you have in mind? And then he, he was playing references like, um, like Unchained Melody, you know, like, Okay, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. By the um, the something brothers, whoever they are, I remember yeah. it. Soon. I remember what e I was recording. Yeah, the, the brothers uh, is that? Yeah, right. that, that might that, be it. I'm not sure, like but that, yeah. yeah, but you know, super famous old song. Um, and like um, Ben by the Jacksons and stuff. So you know, all these like amazing like nice. old school, um, beautiful songs. And so I was like, okay, well, this is definitely more my 
your sort of vibe. area, yeah, than than um, than some of the other music that I'd heard of Stormzy's before. So, so yeah, so we kind of started just trying to um, flesh something um, out, and uh, you know, I found some chords that he liked, and uh, yeah, and then uh, him and and Debbie just kind of got into writing the the sort of top line as it you know as it's yeah. as it's known, and um, you know, you're asking before about how involved I get in lyrics. This is the kind of session where I'm very happy just to like not get involved at all. You know, someone who's kind of yeah. as sort of lyrically, uh, you know, formed and and brilliant as yeah. as Stormzy. You know, I, I'm very happy just to kind of let let those guys kind of um, lead the way on that. And uh, yeah, and so then we kind of had this the song at the end of this at the end of the session uh, and a demo which um, was certainly not the finished article. But um, uh, definitely, kind of gave a, a direction and a, and a flavour. And some of the parts, I mean, the, the keys parts that we did that night um, are on the are on the, the final record. You know, that's amazing. So when you say the session, was this like two hours? Yeah, um, I think that was probably about five hours, maybe. Okay. Um, all in all, yeah. Um, and you know, and that's not like five hours of sat there you know trying no, to figure course. out yeah i'm sure there's a lot of verse is going to be you know that, there's yeah. lots of like sitting about and you know making a cup of tea Breaks and ordering and, yeah. food and chatting about you know football or whatever it might be you know um and just also just getting to know each other because um like i knew debbie a bit but stormzy i'd only met once like previously very briefly you know um so yeah uh, you know it's 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 a really important part of the process is also just to, like get to know people um yeah. and you know talk about their lives and and you know what they're going through because you want ultimately people to write music that means something to them yeah and you know that's gonna happen or much more likely to happen if you've got a handle on what's going on in their life and you know and, and maybe there's something in there that they want to write a song about you know 100 percent. so interesting i am um, i interviewed mitch jones as well who i think you oh know, yeah mitch, amazing he uh he was saying exactly the same thing just how people when they feel more comfortable in an environment they just the, the ideas that they come up with are so much more authentic to them because they feel comfortable they feel like they can actually share what they want to share there's none that you don't they don't feel like they're going to be judged and I, it just obviously makes such a massive difference so probably all of that chat about football or whatever it was probably actually ultimately made a much better song you know 100%. so you know but you don't always think about that do you it's like oh we got to write a song you know yeah because often yeah. the actual process of writing the song is quite quick um yeah. you know especially especially if it's like an idea that feels good you know they do have mm. a tendency of just kind of like happening quite quickly yeah. but yeah you do have to get everyone in the right mindset i think uh yes. in order for that to happen it's very difficult to do that from like a standing start you know and when 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 you finish that recording or like the demo, like the writing session, sorry. What is the next stage after that? How does the song leave the room? Does it leave it in like an MP3? Have you written like a little chord chart or something? How does it, how does it sort of go on to the next stage? Yeah, so it's it's basically just a, an MP3 that I'll send out. Um, sometimes, depending on where we've got to at the end of the day, I'll hang on to it and just tidy it up a little bit right. before I send it out or maybe just like flesh it, you know, develop it out a little bit more. Yeah. Um, because people can sometimes get very attached to a demo that gets sent out, you know, and sometimes yeah. that's absolutely, uh, you know, valid. You know, sometimes a, a a track can be 
quite raw, you know, but there's magic in that, you know? Yeah. But other times it can just be a bit raw and probably needs a little bit of, of work. But if you send a demo out that feels too rough, in, in my experience anyway, people can still sometimes get super attached to it as it is. And then that kind of becomes it. You know, that's like the record. Yeah. Um, Hard to get away from that. Yeah. yeah. Hard to get beyond the demo. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, demoitis is the, the, the term that kind of gets thrown around, you know, for that. Um, so yeah, I always, I like where possible to just try and get things to like a certain level for the most part. Um, but yeah, beyond, beyond the end, beyond the session, it, it really, it varies a lot in terms of what happens next. So as I say, sometimes you've pretty much got it and it gets mixed and that's the end. Um, sometimes there'll be more rounds of kind of production notes or maybe the singer coming back in to, um, like revocal certain bits. Yeah. Sometimes they might be working on an album and they've got another producer who is working on a lot of the music and it's like, okay, can we give this song to them and yeah. they can, you know, slightly rework things or just flesh it out or whatever, which is kind of what happened with the the Stormzy song. Um there was an amazing, amazing producer called uh Progression, who is the he was the exact producer um, across the whole um, Stormzy record. And uh, so he and a couple of other guys who were kind of working on a lot of the music, um, like added a few elements. Um, there was also um, a writing camp, which um, uh, Stormzy held in this am- amazing place, uh, this in- enormous kind of, it was kind of like a mansion that's been converted into a studio. And it's out in wow. Essex on this little kind of island which you can only drive to when the tide is out. So and oh, man. <laughs> so it ended cool. up being some quite like late finishes and early starts to, to yeah. sort of coincide with when you could actually get there. Um, but yeah, he was there for, I think, about five weeks. And I popped in a couple of times for like a, you know, a few days at a time. And uh, just an, an unbelievable cast of incredibly talented people were there, sort of dropping in and out. Um and so, yeah, a few people while they were there were like, you know, oh, maybe I'll, you know, put some guitar on the song um, or um, one bit, which was actually really um, amazing to see was uh, Jacob Collier was there um, for a while. Oh, and so he um, was given the song and was just like, can you add some BVs to this, you know? And uh, and he's like, oh, yeah, yeah, OK. Uh, and so he kind of took it off to some other little room just with his laptop and a and a microphone came back an hour later and had just done the most astonishing um like vocal arrangement over the song you know it was i I couldn't believe what i was hearing just the fact that he managed to put that together in it was literally like an hour you know yeah um it was yeah really incredible um and yeah and seeing him he's insane i love i love his music i think he's amazing i think um it's that thing isn't it it's i think it's also the the speed in which he works. I watched a bunch of those. Um, he's got like some logic breakdowns on YouTube or right. not the breakdowns, but like he just, he's done some live streams where you actually watch him making something and it's like, Oh, okay. Right. You're working really fast. Like, it's just like, you know, it's, it's, and I think that is what 
I think some, that's one of the things why I think this is so interesting hearing about this because it's it's actually seeing how people work and how when they're actually doing it rather than talking about it once the finished project's out. Yeah. Um, it's like actually seeing them doing it is just, I find so inspiring, you know, and it really makes me think, right, oh, that's such a good idea to do it like that or, you know, yeah. it's amazing. Yeah, it, yeah, it was really amazing seeing him work. And as you say, he, he was literally going as fast as like the technology mm. and physics yeah. would allow you know he was he you know he was like recording a layer stop record another layer stop record yeah. another layer stop record and just you know just the just the conviction of it you know there was no stopping to think hmm maybe you know should the next note be this or that you know he just it was almost like he heard the song immediately had the entire picture in his head and then it was just the sort of you know yeah. inconvenience doing of it. actually doing yeah. it you know yeah. um yeah. yeah really yeah he's an absolutely astonishing guy um but yeah, loads of other amazing people on this camp as well. Um, and so after that, yeah, I think you know, there are a, a little bit more. I did a couple more um, uh, sessions with some of the other guys, just going in and adding a few more little Maybe. bits, and and then that was yeah, then that was that was it. So what what happens after that? Does the I guess that's kind of the songs produced, and then it just goes on the album basically, and it's it's like how how does that feel sort of saying goodbye to a song in a way because like okay that's it now it's just going to be out there does that do you do you get nervous when it comes to release day or something like that are you or is it like just excitement that it's going to come out and presumably it's maybe changed a little bit since when you last heard it or yeah i mean definitely um definitely excited and sometimes nervous mm -hmm. depending on on what it yeah. is i was a bit nervous about that song because you know it's such a departure for for stormzy you know it's like him, something yeah. really different um but uh, yeah, I mean, in terms of what happens once I've, I'm sort of done with a song, um, yeah, I mean, sometimes there'll be a bit of extra work that, that gets done on a song that you're not a part of. And then the first time you hear yeah. that, it's when it gets released. Sometimes it'll just get released out of the blue. And it's like, oh, okay, cool. I had no idea that was coming, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Um, sometimes it never gets released. That happens as well, you know. So it, yeah, yeah, any, any um, yeah, anything could happen really. <laughs> So obviously with this, obviously with the songwriting, it's a very different lifestyle to performing. Um, if you're gigging, it's, uh, you know, you, you primarily working maybe more in the evenings and you're traveling around, there's a huge amount more travel involved. So how have you found that the kind of transition from performance to like writing? Has that been, was that very much like a conscious thing because of the lifestyle or was it the actual work that you attract, that attracted you? Or was it a mixture of both, I guess? Yeah, a mixture of both, I guess. I mean, it was very gradual um, because, yeah, as I, as I say, I was um, playing with, with Quabs when it started and he was really busy for a couple of years. And then, um, yeah, there were like one or two other gigs that I was still doing after that, you know, um, yeah. which were also quite sort of, you know, similarly sort of busy gigs, lots of touring and travelling and stuff. Um, so, yeah, it was gradually... The, the writing has kind of taken over, but it, yeah, it definitely didn't sort of happen overnight. Um, and I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I'm, there are definitely aspects of, of playing and touring that I miss, you know, I mean, it's the kind of the social element as much as anything. Um, yeah. I mean, as I mentioned earlier on, like I was lucky enough to, to MD, to, to, you know, be musical director for a couple of these projects, which kind of means some, sometimes you can just kind of book your mates on it, you know? So, yeah. so yeah. it was just like, there was quite a lot yeah. of like traveling around with, yeah, just like really good friends and you know, that, mm. that was really fun. And I, I do miss that side of things, but I think there was a part of me that always thought, you know, as I get a bit older, do I want to necessarily be touring all the time, mm. you know? Cause it's like, it's a, it's a really demanding um, mm. sort of lifestyle. 
um yeah. and obviously you're away from from home you know from whatever mm. life your life looks like at home you you know you're not there and for some guys that's like you know a long time yeah, yeah months and months at a time you know and so i didn't know if i necessarily wanted to do that in the in the longer term so i think although i would have been happy to carry on touring i think as the writing side of things took over it was like you know what actually this is maybe a good route to go down in the in the longer term yeah. you know even if it's slightly earlier than i was expecting it it's like maybe yeah maybe not a bad bad option <laughs> bad way to go yeah, yeah no I, I totally and i think the other thing with touring as well i mean it, it, a lot of the people i've interviewed uh, uh, you know they're touring a lot of the time but it's mm. quite funny because they say that a lot of the time you'll be going to these amazing cities all around the world but you, there isn't often time in the day to see the, <laughs> to see the city so you basically see sort of like a, a dressing room the audience and then you're back in the bus or the plane to go somewhere else you know so it's quite um I mean, obviously there are days off and stuff, but I think it can be, it can be slightly, uh, you know, it isn't necessarily as sort of seeing the world as you might think it might think it might be, you know, perhaps. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you definitely get experiences like that where you, yeah, you, you know, yeah. you get off the bus and it's, it's raining. So you run into the venue as quick as you can and then <laughs> you're in there and yeah, you do the sound check and then you do the gig and then you get back on the bus and, mm. you know, you may as well have not even been there in terms of actually seeing the place that definitely happens for sure but yeah but you know you do also get you know days off and mm. opportunities to go and explore places and and uh, you know i used to love those those days because you know it's just like a little kind of bonus 24 yeah. hours in you know wherever whatever you know nice city uh you know and with people that you know your friends you with, like spending, 100%. spending time amazing. with and you know so yeah that was a really a really lovely thing but yeah it's definitely not like that all the time <laughs> So going back to the piano, obviously all of your writing and your all of the stuff you've done has kind of come, I guess, through the vehicle of the piano. It's all kind of the piano has led you to all these different places. Just going like right back to your kind of roots. If you had a spare afternoon and you're just like, right, I'm going to do a little bit of practice or I'm going to do something on the piano, I'm just going to play. What kind of things would you do? And do you have like a routine of something you might practice or is that potentially from a past life maybe? Yeah, I... <sighs> These days, I don't really do um, kind of any practice, if I'm honest. Yeah, I think like yeah. I I keep my playing at a certain level just through the, the work that I do. Yeah. Um, but it's it's you know not uh, it's 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 nowhere near what I kind of once was on a sort of technical level. Not that I was ever the most like burning piano player mm. by any means, but it, it definitely used to be better. Um, and yeah, I mean, there have been times in the past where something's cropped up, you know, where I actually have got to do some playing. A few years ago, I did, um, I covered a few uh, festival shows with um, Tom Mish. Um, yeah, yeah. Amazing. For my friend uh, Joe Price, who's an amazing yeah. piano player. I don't know if you've had him on. But, um, no, not yet. He's on, he's on the hit yeah, list. Yeah, <laughs> hit him up because he's, he's incredible and he's played with everyone and... Um, yeah, I'm sure he'd be super interesting to speak to. But but yeah, um he sort of called me quite last minute to 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 play with, with Tom and like, you know, that music is jazzy, you know. Mm. And there was some like improvising on the gig. And right. so then I did kind of start, okay, I'm gonna have to, you know, kind of dust off yeah. a few cobwebs for this, you know. And so I mean for that, I I mean apart from obviously just practicing the music. Um, which was enough of a roast in its in itself. Um, I just yeah, I just uh, just kind of went back to playing some standards. I think you know, just right. just 
standards that I loved or that um, had particular sort of challenges or, you know, or, or just playing them at a certain tempo just to yeah. sort of, you know, especially in my right hand, just kind of get that yeah. kind of back to life a little bit and just kind of reconnect yeah. with some of the the language, you know. And so, yeah, so just dust, dusting off the cobwebs, you know, um, in order to do that gig. And actually it was a really lovely experience mm. and a really nice reason to reconnect with some of that side of my playing. Yeah, it's just amazing. I think it's, it's, it's so interesting in this podcast seeing all of the different places that the piano has taken people, whether that's like in a jazz context or it's like musical theater or it's writing or it's producing or it's whatever it is. It's such a versatile instrument in a lot of ways. And it gives you, I think it's, it, I was thinking this today, actually, it's one of those instruments that gives you quite a, like a sense of the whole shape, like every single aspect of the music. There's like, you've got the harmony, you've got the kind of like groove elements that you can recreate. You can make a piece of music sound complete just with the piano. It's like, it's versatile in so many ways. I guess the guitar is similar, but there's something, I, I just, yeah, I just think it's, it's, it's such a great instrument for any musician to learn in so many different ways. Yeah, I mean, I guess just the, just the range of the instrument and... And also, I just think like visually, it's 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 almost like a little kind of map of yeah. music, isn't it? In a way, you know, compared to a lot of other. I mean, I, I'm sort of trying to dabble with a bit of guitar at the moment, just because right. it would be really useful to be yeah, able to play so a little helpful bit. To play a guitar. Um, but you know, I look at the fretboard, and it's like you know, you find the shape for whatever chord, and you're like, well, what does that? You know, <laughs> what are the notes like in anything, that? Yeah. You know, yeah. yeah. Whereas on piano, it's like you can just see it all mapped out. So I think so it's so visual. Yeah, it's really yeah, really visual. So I think it's it's really useful in that sense. And yeah, and I think as you say, because it's so versatile in terms of its uses, I think from a from a production standpoint, that's been quite useful because you know sometimes you'll just want to be adding some just some chords, like some mid range chords, you know, or sometimes it'll be like a full piano arrangement, or it might be just a little kind of like high melody or whatever. And and all these things are obviously just part of playing the piano you know so it's it's definitely a super useful instrument for yeah for what i'm up to now 100 percent, man it's been so great chatting to you i am um, yeah i feel really inspired by all the things you've done it's just so great to see all the amazing things you're up to what's kind of a what's next for you what what kind of is there something you haven't done yet that you're like oh wow i'd love to do that or i'd love to is there a particular area of writing you haven't gone into yet or what, what's kind of next what's on the horizon i think one thing that I would really love to do, um, which hasn't quite happened yet, is find an artist and um, be across a whole album, you know, okay. like just really like focus on like one project, one yeah. artist, one genre for like an extended period and yeah. and just map out what a, an album might look like, you right. know, sort of track In by track. In terms of the arc, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know, I think that would be um super fun um but yeah i think going back to the speed dating thing it's like a bit it's like a big commitment on on both sides to 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 do that you know and it doesn't sort of come around every every day no, you course. know by any means yeah, so yeah, yeah. so i think yeah that's something that i think would be a really good learning experience and mm. just really fun to do yeah see a whole album through from start to finish that would be exciting and yeah and really get to know that artist as well and their music you know and what and how, you know yeah sounds awesome well i hope that happens it sounds like it's going to it's all the right things are in motion man you're doing amazing stuff where can people go and check out your music um i mean if you go to my instagram i guess that's like where you can kind of see what i'm 
what I'm up to. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So for everyone listening, I'm going to link a Spotify playlist with a bunch of tunes that George worked on recently. I think it's good. Yeah, go check it out. It's awesome. George, thanks so much for coming on. Pleasure, man. Thanks for having me. Massive thanks to George for coming on the podcast. I really enjoyed that conversation. Go and check out all the links in the description and go and hear some of his amazing songwriting. We'll be back next Thursday with another episode. Until then, please do like and subscribe the podcast. This really, really helps us. I'll see you in the next episode. Thanks for listening.